welcome to the latest edition of the Progress with Unity podcast. The season is done and what a season it has been. There's a few of us in the studio tonight. I've got Barry. How are you? Fine, thank you. Good, good. Adam, how are you? Yeah, top of the world, Simon. How are you? I'm not too bad, thanks, Paul. Yeah, cracking. And we've got the housewife's favourite. We have Mr. Dan. Dan, how are you? Well, hello. I'm perfectly excellent. Thank you. It's uh, as smooth as I can do it. Right then. Well, let's first of all start in our traditional fashion and look back against the classic against Swindon at the DW Stadium in the last game of the season. The score, well, it was academic really, wasn't it? It's a good job we didn't need to win that game to stay up, but I think... Um, as we'll go into in a minute, a certain performance from the man in the middle is left a lot to be desired. But Curtis Tilt, Will Keane and Zach Clough bagged the goals, bagged three goals for the Latics. Keane getting the was golden boot for the season. And then Mr. Salisbury, Barry, your man in the middle, your ref watch, his last game of the season. What did you make of his decision to give Curtis Tilt his marching orders? Which I must add now, has been rescinded. What an awful decision. Absolutely disgrace. I think he blotted his copybook though, even though it was already blotted. Because <laughs> he didn't have a good game, did he? Couldn't keep up with play. He was he was blowing out of his bum bum. Shocking decision. Cost us the game. Here's a question. Do you think he would have sent him off if there was something riding on that game? Do you think he would have thought twice about it and said, oh, I- I'm under the spotlight here. I can't mess this up. And been more conservative. What do you think? You'd like oh, to think so, wouldn't you? I mean, it was um, obviously as, as the weeks gone on, today, David Corden, it's been, it's been rescinded. But yeah, it was it was never a red card in a in a I mean, that, was it, Paul? Yeah, I mean that's what you'd like to think. You'd like to think that having seen absolutely nothing that you could give a sending off for, you might be thinking, oh, hang on, maybe that's not the right decision. You know, it don't matter whether it's. This is last game or his first game, but you know if you're going to make a howler like that, it might be your first and last game if you do it in your first one. I, I would also add that I'd like to think that if if it was a game that mattered, that we would have managed the game a bit better after that because I, I don't think we managed it very well at all. I mean, the two games that I can think of off the top of my head when we had a red card this season, we've gone from being very, very comfortable in a game to... To losing it. The other one was the other one off the top of my head is Charlie. Um, and I, I think I think we still wanted to have a go and entertain. That's the way I want to look at it because we didn't really shut up shop for me. Um, you know, we were very we were very open, weren't we, in those last few minutes? I think we were still having a go and trying to score a goal. But I, I suspect that Richardson would have played it differently with ten men. If the game had mattered. I, I tend to agree with that because at the very least, Osobo and Evans, I think, would have started. Our subs would have been different and the whole outlook on the game as well. One thing I'd like to make comment on is the fantastic scenes from our supporters down at the ground making lots of noise. I've, I've watched something on Twitter today and, uh, as the game's going on and you can just hear the noise and the scenes at the end of the game... Absolutely fantastic. Well, good-natured, absolutely superb. And it was nice to see well-natured and fair play to the people who tied it up afterwards. If only other clubs could have taken a leaf out of our book and done something so respectable. Yeah, I thought it was great. The songs were great. 
uh, one thing that I still don't like, and I'm prepared to put this on record, is I don't I don't see why we need flares. But I've said that all along. I don't like them at football matches, and I don't see why we needed them the other day. But everything else apart from that, uh, really good natured passion, and yeah, well done for everyone for keeping order as well. A flare is not just a glorified boot cut, though. When you think about, you know, your jeans and your trousers, your floors, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying, but they're just a glorified boot cut. And like a straight cut is much more attractive, shall we say. Sometimes you see people like me wearing tight, the, the skinny jeans, and, 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 you know, we look a little bit ah. silly because cause we're, we're portly. I, I don't know, floors, glorified boot cut for me. Excellent. Great atmosphere and... Game done, really. It meant nothing, did it, to either team. There was nothing to play for. The job was done the week before. Right, guys, I've got something to bring to us all, and I'm going to go around, and each of you, I want an answer from yourselves. I'm going to go with mine first, get it out of the way, and then I'll rotate round your styles. And that is, we're going to talk about the defining moment of the season from each of us. For me, it was the game away at Hull City. Forget the result, but safety survival, and we can now build for the future. I remember we, us saying at the start of the season that if we're still there towards the end of it um, and still in this league, you know, that's, a, that's also a bonus. We've achieved everything that we wanted to set out and achieve. And for me, that meant everything. So we had the new ownership, we were in League One, and the only way is up now. So that, for me, was my defining moment of the season. I'm going to come to Dan first. Excellent. Well, I'm going to go way, way back, actually, to uh, mid-November, I think it was, when John Sheridan left and Liam Richardson took over as the caretaker manager, as he was. Um, I think somebody mentioned the Charlie game earlier. We just lost to them. And um, I've got both Sheridan's and Richardson's records here. Under Sheridan, we played 15, won three, drew, drew two and lost 10. Whereas under Richardson, we played 32, won 11, drew 7, and lost 17. So I think it, it came about at a time when we needed some change. There, was a lot of, there were a lot of allegations on the internet that Sheridan's heart just wasn't in it because he was only on a month-to-month contract. But uh, as soon as Richardson picked, took over... We picked up a bunch of points in the run-up to Christmas, and I really think that that kept us in the race. I know I've uh, gone a little bit too far there. Uh, going back to my moment, yeah, it was when Richardson took over. No, I, I, can't, I can't disagree with you there as well. Um, a very, very good defining moment. Next, I'm going to come to Paul. All right, well, I'm going to set the scene for mine. Um, <clears throat> so we went away to Oxford. Callum Lang puts us in the lead. We concede two goals and we lose 2-1. We're at home to Hull City, who bang five past us. We go, we're at home to Lincoln City, and again, Callum Lang puts us in the lead, and then we concede two goals, and that's three losses on the bounce. Um, we were close to that. We were second bottom, I think, at that time. And then we go away to Bristol Rovers. Wooten got the 90th minute winner. And then, then my moment was on the 24th of February, which was the Wednesday night, we had Callum Lang and Dan Gardner on the podcast and 
whilst the listeners could obviously hear what they were saying, we could see the faces. And that, for me, was the moment where I thought, there's a lot of life left in this team. Because we were unlucky to lose the, um, the the two games that we'd lost from being in the lead. That was my moment where I thought, do you know what? I don't think we're going down. Because we, we jumped a place. Bristol were, were, were sitting a couple of places above us at the time. Like I said, that's the point where I just thought, we're not going down. Because those two lads came on and just epitomised the spirit that was in the squad. And you thought, hang on, if we've got that spirit, we're laughing. I got to agree with you there. And like you said, we could see the faces. And it sometimes people can just say things, but you could actually see the passion and desire that ran through them, couldn't you? Yeah. Uh, Mr. Pendlebury. Well, Barry and I have been through all hospital passes, haven't we? And it gets harder, doesn't it, as you, as you go along? Because I was just going to use Bristol Roberts as one of my examples. Uh, and also, I was also thinking of the change of management. Uh, I'm not going to mention the ownership because clearly that everybody, I think, would buy into that one anyway. Um, yeah, I think if it's a, I'm not necessarily saying it's a moment, but it's it it's something that occurred uh, maybe through chance. And I don't I don't want to say this in the wrong way against Wotton, uh, but Wotton getting injured led to us going to the back four of Dariqua. Till Johnston Robinson, and I'm pretty sure that they started maybe the last 10 or 11 games when it was our best form. So, what I would say is when we got that continuity at the back, and also you notice as well, Jamie Jones's best form of the season was when we had the continuity at the back. So, I think. My, it's more of a key word rather than a key moment, sort of like consistency or continuity at the back, a uh, steady back four, and credit to all of those in the back four and Jamie Jones behind them because I think that that provided the platform for us to, to kick on and get the, those excellent re- results in the, in the last few weeks of the season. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm Barry. Let's come to yourself. My defining moment was when we went to Burton on the 29th of December. And up until that point, I thought we were nailed on for, for relegation. And I was getting concerned that there was no spirit of fight in the squad because we don't know what's going on on the training pitch and just wondered if everything had just got a little bit too much for them. But to, to fall behind three times and come back and win, it showed that we hadn't. I, I didn't think we was going to get out of it, but I thought there was a glimmer of hope there. Uh, the next two games, of course, we, we drew. We, we went to, to Rochdale, three-all draw, though, which we should have won that game, actually. And then we, we played Fleetwood and it was goalless. Uh, we got another point there. But just as I, I was cheering up, Blackpool came to the DW and did a job on us. And, and, but I'd seen enough, I'd seen enough in, in that, that game against Burton to know the fight were there. Yeah, that was the defining moment of the season for me. I had a little bit of little bit of hope from that moment onwards. Yeah, that took us to within one point of pulling out of the re- relegation zone. Um, uh, Joseph Hattrick, is that right? It is, yeah. Will Keane nabbed yeah. the winner, didn't he? Yeah. I believe you might what Burton did after that. I mean, they were absolutely phenomenal, weren't they, after that, Burton? And Hasselbank had taken over then, albeit I don't think he was actually sat in the dugout that day. But Yeah, I mean, that was that- his first game, that. It was a great game as well. I mean, well, probably the game of the season, that, wasn't it? Although it wasn't very good for the old ticker, was it? 
There were some great, great defining moments there. And I think, like Adam, Adam alluded to, the biggest defining moment has got to be the takeover, hasn't it? The new ownership and the Phoenix rising from the ashes. Now, here we go. And this is going to cause a bit of debate. I think probably as we get further up the pitch, I tried having a conversation with Barry about it this afternoon and we already started disagreeing on, on people's positions. We're going to do the Wigan Athletic team of the season. Okay. And we're going to play, we're going to play a 4-2-3-1 formation. Okay. That's what we're going to play. All right. Yeah. In goal, I don't think there's anyone else but Jamie Jones. Superb season. Captain, leader, legend. You can see that banner being displayed in the South. That's one, of the easy, that's one of the easier picks, I given the fact he played 45 of the 46. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So we've got Jamie Jones in goal. If someone can make a note of these as we're going along, we might post it later. Paul, that's over to you. Uh, right back, Tendai Dariqua. Anyone, any objections or anyone else you'd bring in? Well, there's Tom James, weren't there? Who I thought he was half decent early season. So, he, But I'd still give it Dariqua. But yeah, you're right, Barry. Tom, Tom James was solid enough for us. I liked him. So what we'll do is uh, Paul, just make a note of Tom James under that and I can add it into the starting lineup, Team 11, when I do it. Oh, thanks, Paul. <laughs> um, centre back uh, for centre back I'm going to go with Curtis Tilt at right centre back that's where he's going to be playing even though he's left footed yep, yep. Paul's going with Tilt happy with that happy with that Curtis Tilt and then I think what what a signing this was in January George Johnson partnering yeah oh uh, would you would you not slip Cal Naismith there I mean you know he, 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 he left us or would you be looking to put Cal further up the pitch. I won't even have him. In, he's not in my team for me. Really? I don't think he played enough games. I'm I'm in the same camp as Adam. It's not off than me and Adam oh, agree. I, I, so Paul's being the statistician. Can you find out how many games he played Nesmith? But not just this second, but for when he comes later on. Comes well, it's not about how many games he's played, is it? It's about our team. Who of all our squad members this season? Who would we have playing? So, Barry, would you put Cal Naismith in ahead of George Johnston? No. No. So, we're going with George Johnston. We all agree on that one. I'll go, I'll go Naismith just to be a contrarian. Oh. Hey, nope. You, you, you're, you're welcome to do that, but you won't be invited back again, Dan. <laughs> well, no, I'd put him in midfield. I'd put oh, Naismith well, we, in, but I'd put him in midfield. He's a, yeah. he's a proper member. He's a full member, so you can't... Oh, yeah. he's, uh, <laughs> I need to read the standing orders. I need to read and understand them. No, i Sam. No authority. <laughs> no, no. Um, Cal Naismith, 12 games. 12 games? Oh, he played more than I thought. Two goals. Two he, played goals. In, he played in the Cups as well, though. Yeah. Yeah, well, three cup appearances. Could be, could be one further. I wouldn't put him in my defence anyway. I think he'd go further up the pitch. Yeah. Left back. Now, we, we would be a bit blessed this season, weren't we, at left back? And this is a tough one. Um, and again, this is this is one of our discussion topics earlier, wasn't it, Barry? But I went with Luke Robinson. I went with Tom Pierce. I've got Tom Pierce as well. Tom Pierce, two goals because he did more going for. He was he, at one point he was our top assister from left back. So yes, but that but very honourable mention to Luke Robinson, exceptional. Blessed, aren't we? Blessed at left back. Yeah, and Chris Merry played a good game when he played there at left back as well. I don't think so. Uh, anyone? So Tom Pierce has got two votes to my one. Dan, Tom Pierce, I think. 
Oh, there we go. Paul got to say now. <laughs> That's fine. I'd have gone with, I'd have gone with Robinson because obviously the team that got it over the line, wasn't he? Part yeah, of that so Tom, stable back four. Tom Pierce with a backup of Luke Robinson. Okay, the the two centre midfielders, defensive midfielders. I'm not really. Um, this is a tough one. I know who's. I know I can guess who's going to say Chris Merry in a minute, but I'm going to go with a pairing of Lee Evans and Funzo Ojo. I'll second that. Second, yeah. what, what are the other options? What we've got Messi, we've got Perry and Merry Funzo. I think Funzo and Evans. Yeah, I mean, personally, I wouldn't have. I I would have slightly altered the formation, but it's a tough one because I thought Merry was exceptional, and I'd love him to have a place in the team. But I think if you're playing a two, then for me, it it, it would be Evans and Gordio. If you're playing a two, but I I would like to find I'd find us because I think Merry's quality. I think he's a real quality player. I'd like, I'd like to get him in my team, but if we've only got two in midfield, then let's go Evans and Ojo. Evans and Ojo. Barry, you're celebrating. Uh, right, so we've got the three behind the striker. Now, this is where I think we're going to have a bit... It might be easy to identify the striker and then work back from that. Up top, who would you well, go for? Who would, go on, Adam, you, you lead with who you'd go for up top. Well, the, pro- the problem with this is we've been quite fluid, haven't we, in the way that we've played. I mean, you'd say up until November, clearly Joe Garner, then Kyle Joseph, then Callum Lang, um, then name escape. I've just lost his name. Like, for some reason. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that position has changed a lot. So... It's not as easy as you think. I can't put Will Keane in there because his best football hasn't been played in that position. I think I would pick, because he's played enough games there and he's been exceptional overall, I think I'd pick Callum Lang. So Callum Lang, I'm going to go with Kyle Joseph in that position for me. That's where I'm going. Dan? It's a hard decision, isn't it? But I think on the basis that... it's, It's true, it is very close, but I'm going to go on the basis that he actually... Had the game time, Callum Lang. But if both of those guys stay with us next season, I know we're probably going to talk about this later on, but I think they could be used interchangeably. Yeah, yeah. So, Barry, who's your striker? Callum Lang. It looks like Lang has got him, Paul. Yeah, yeah I'd have gone with Lang anyway. Right then, your wingers, either side. Viv Solomon Otterball walks in. I think we'd all be unanimously agreeing that. Yeah, Otterball with an honourable mention uh, on that left hand side for um, Gardner and Asgard, who've on the left. But yeah, Otterbar's the one who he's got. He's got that sex factor, hasn't he? Okay. Yeah. Well, whatever turns you on, Adam. Whatever turns you on. We're sticking on the opposite side, right hand side. Uh, Paul, I'll come to you first. Paul, no idea. It's wide open, isn't it? Um, Gavin Massey. Sorry, Paul. Well, this yeah, is why no. I. This is why I didn't throw throw in Callum Lang up top. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh right. You leave it out. You leave it out. Do do though, aren't you? He works yes. out right, but he's better up front. He is better up front. But who do you play on that right hand side? Who's been Gavin Massey's been said by Mr. Warbo? Paul, Bello. go on, I'm Bello. pushing you. Fellow? I'd, I'd, I'd like to see a lot more of him. 
and and you know, you bear in mind, I've not watched games this season. I've just listened to him, but I'd like to see him play because I think he's a bit of a an X factor player. Yeah, if he'd have gone with my formation, then we'd have got Chris Merry in there. I'd have just gone four three three, played Chris Merry in midfield, and gone Otterbar, Lang, and Keane, but. I can't do that now. Not Mary wouldn't work in this formation, so we've got to find a right-sided player. Well, there's no, um, there's no point giving you a formation that we haven't played. Yeah, you just you throw whoever you want in, don't you? You don't have to worry about yeah. formation. So come on, Pendles, right-hand side of midfield. Um, this is an odd one because he's not played, but he's not played much in that position. But he's probably played tokenistically played in that position. But he's played quite a lot of games for us, and I think he's been a quality player. And I wanna, I wanna get Asgard in. All right. Mm. Yeah, I go tell Dan. Well, this is where I'm gonna put Naismith. I think I definitely want him in my team. Yeah, and there's a thumbs up from Mr. Worthington as well. So yeah, I'd agree with that, Dan. Cal- uh, get Naismith there. And then I think the last position, just behind the striker, has been filled by top goal scorer Lionel Keane. William Keane. Yeah, Will Keane. And that is our team of the season. Manager of the season for us. We've had uh, we've had two. Tough one, but I'm going to go with Liam Richardson. Gregory Ock. Oh, Gregory Ock. <laughs> I'm going to go with Paul Stanley. Oh, oh yeah, we need to sort him out, don't we? We need to get his statue sorted. Let's move on to... This is, this is a serious thing now, because obviously um, Liam Richardson, Gregory Ock, even the Doc have been in the limelight, and you could probably say that they are the sung heroes of of this whole last um, last season. Unsung heroes, the people in the background that you don't necessarily know about. I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with two people that um, I think are you know unsung heroes, and take a lot of have taken a lot of stick through their roles because of who, what they're behind as well. But um, Ash Horton and Nick Taylor would be my unsung heroes of the definite last 12 months. I think they've kept morale up. We've, um, they've, they've provided us with excellent guests over the last season and beyond. So I would like to say thank you to them and what a job they've done. Barry, over to you. Yeah, Simon, I'd go with you, the Ash, and, Ash and Nick. Definitely Nick. Because I mean, a lot of people won't know this. When he'd left the Latics, he actually came back working for free, didn't he? And he was he travelled around the country as well, uh, doing the social media during games and helping out. Absolutely, as well as, his, as well as his new full time job. Coupled with that, and they are people that we do hear from. But Guy and Tommy, they've been the uh, the soundtrack to the season. Um, Paul, I'm going to come to you for your unsung heroes. For me, it's been the most difficult season, and I think anybody associated with the club, be it players, staff, supporters, that has cheered up anybody else associated with the club in the smallest of ways, the largest of ways, they're all unsung heroes. They're all heroes, aren't they? I mean, one thing we've done with throughout this is we've all stuck together. And, you know, everybody's a, an hero in that respect. I'd agree, Dan. Well, I think 
the biggest unsung heroes of the season are those who attended every single home game, the cardboard <laughs> cutouts. Come rain or shine, they were there at the DW Stadium and they never missed a single game. But if you were going to ask me seriously, there's, there's a million and one to choose from. I think I'd pick all of the youth team graduates that stepped up to the plate this season, especially the ones that were sold or let go to keep the club alive. And um, honourable mentions, I think, to the team that beat Portsmouth back in September. We had Nathan Cameron, Danny Fox, Oli Crankshaw, remember those guys. An extra shout out to all the DW Stadium staff who were made redundant, I think. Tell you what, Dan, I think you've just trumped us all there, really. Adam, how, how, do you, how do you come on the back of that one? Well, the first one is, this is a bit tongue-in-cheek, but it's myself because I've been on every Progress of Unity podcast. Uh... I've done my full, full, full season. I've not missed an episode, but that's only because the Progress of Unity podcast is so good, obviously. But actually, in all seriousness, there's, there's so many people that, obviously were great through the administration, but I want to concentrate on actually the inner workings of the club. And for me, I one, one, one person that maybe to an extent sometimes doesn't get the credit he deserves is Kieran Driscoll. Because in my view, you know, doing the job that he's done with the 18s, you know, to, to win another league when half of his players have been kind of, he, he stepped up from doing the younger age groups uh, to doing the under 18s. Uh, he's done a fantastic job with them again. You know, we've been absolutely superb and I really enjoyed watching us in that game against Everton when we were very unlucky. Uh, so well done, to, well done to Kieran for carrying on the good work of the academy while whilst, you know, Peter Murphy and Gregor have been stepping up helping the first team because that, that, that's our future again. So well, well done to Kieran there. Drum roll, please. Or don't act like it'll cost us all out. The player of the season from the Progress Review this podcast. It's the biggest award that is given out to any Wigan Athletic player season on season. And this season, it has been very, very tight at the top. In third place, Will Keane. Joint second, Jamie Jones and Curtis Tilt. And in first place, by only a couple of votes, it was very, very tight. Callum Lang. Congratulations to Callum, friend of the podcast. Uh, fantastic season. And just think what we could have achieved if we'd been here all season. So who would we like to keep at the club? I'm going to go around in a moment. And it's two players each and why. Um, for me, I'll, I'll start this off for 10. I'd like to keep Curtis Tilt if we could get him back in on a permanent deal. It's a shame Rotherham were relegated because I think we'd have had more chance if they'd stayed up. Um, great, great play for us. And my other one is George Johnston. Um, great defender and someone I think could go from strength to strength at the club. Adam? Well, this is going to be a little bit sooner, although you, you pick one of the obvious ones. For me, Lee Evans and Will Keane. Excellent. That was the quickest thing we've ever had out of, Adam. <laughs> uh, Dan? Well, at the risk of stepping on somebody else's toes again, my first choice, Viv Solomon Ottobar. 31 appearances, two goals. So if we can fix his injury issue, I think he could be a real asset for us going forward. 
And secondly, don't think he's been mentioned yet, Kyle Joseph. And I think we're in a luxury position now. We don't have to sell players to recoup cash. And again, a real asset for in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you there, Dan. Paul? Um, I had three. Um, and one's gone. Um, and one was a bit woolly anyway. So, Jamie Jones, captain, player of the season for a lot of people. Um, obviously, came very close in our, our poll. And then the second one would be anybody from the academy who's played first-team minutes. Because earlier on in the season, there was a number of lads who were released purely because the administrators needed to um, create space to bring season pros in yep. or, or wanted to. And I think that that you know that was difficult to take at the time and unfair. And I think anybody who has stepped up from that academy this season and put minutes in deserves at least another 12 months um, as a show of gratitude to try and like, completely break into the team. Yeah, no, I'd agree with you there. And finally, Barry. Well, my two, uh, one's already been said, George Johnston. Uh, schooled in the Dutch football at Feyenoid. Another Rudy Kroll, fantastic defender. Out as nails, just what you want in this division. And he can play a bit of football as well. So definitely be keeping him, uh, if, if possible. He's on a free transfer, he's, and he's only 22, which is a young age for a centre-back, so brilliant prospect. And the other one is a man who's been a little bit of an unsung hero for me. He's come in, he's been very quiet, uh, very close to me, picking him as player of the season. Uh, I know he's got another year on his deal at Aberdeen, but hopefully we can do a bit of talking with him and bring in Funzo Ojo and get him a permanent contract. Uh, another Flemish football player, Belgium. He's a very, very talented footballer. Great touch on him, great technique. And he'd be an absolute asset for next season. Very much, very I know you've, been, you've liked him since he came in and been very complimentary about him, haven't you? I have. Right, this summer is, well, this off-season, I think it's better to say that because obviously the way that this last season finished is going to be a completely different off-season to last. It's a rebuilding process both on and off the pitch. Players are going to come in, players are going to leave. But there's one thing for, for, for certain is that the future is going to look bright. We've, we've had the interview with Talal, we've spoken to Mal, and the future definitely, definitely looks bright. So going forward, we're going to look forward to a, another great season. Between now and the start of next season, Barry, I believe you'll be hosting some specials, won't you, in the coming weeks? Yeah, we've got a, a few things in the pipeline that we're currently working on. A little bit different, I think, from what we usually do. So I, I hope people find them interesting. Um, we're doing, trying to do a little bit of collaboration on those. And uh, I'll not mention anything in particular, just in case they don't come off. But there'll definitely be some form of podcast coming along over the summer months. But hopefully uh, what we've got planned, if we can get it pulled off, it'll be it'll be uh, interesting to say the least. Yeah, and it's I'm looking forward to, to those. And then we'll be back to preview the season in July, won't we? The 28th of July. And we'll be with you all the way throughout to what promises to be another eventful campaign 
until then, it's a thank you to all of our listeners for supporting the podcast this season. It has been very much appreciated. Keep safe and up the ticks. Tick. Up the ticks. Come on. Come on.